Chapter Nine of Isaac Bickerstaff. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Isaac Bickerstaff, Physician and Astrologer by Richard Steele. Chapter Nine: Love and Reason. From my own apartment, October nineteenth. It is my frequent practice to visit places of resort in this town where I am known to observe what reception my works meet with in the world, and what good effects I may promise myself from my labours, and it being a privilege asserted by Monsieur Montague and uh, others of vain glorious memory, that we writers of essays may talk of ourselves, I take the liberty to give an account of the remarks which I find are made by some of my gentle readers upon these my dissertations i happened this evening to fall into a coffee-house the change where two persons were reading my account of the table of fame the one of these was commenting as he read and explaining who was meant by this and the other worthy as he passed on i observed the person over against him wonderfully intent and satisfied with explanation when he came to Julius Caesar, who is said to have refused any conductor to the table. No, no, said he, he is in the right of it. He has money enough to be welcome whenever he comes, and then whispered, he means a certain clone of the train bands. Upon reading that Aristotle made his claim with some rudeness but great strength of reason, who can that be, so rough and so reasonable? it must be some wig i warrant you there is nothing but party in these public pages where by Bagarus is said to have a golden thigh ay ay said he he has money enough in his breeches that is the alderman of our ward you must know whatever he read i found he interpreted from his own life and acquaintance i am glad my readers can construe for themselves these difficult points but for the benefit of posterity i design when i come to write my last paper of this kind to make it an explanation of all my former in that place you shall have all a commended with their proper names the faulty characters must be left as they are because we live in an age wherein vice is very general and virtue very particular for this which reason the latter only wants explanation but i must turn my present discourse to what is of yet greater regard to me than the care of my writhings that is to say the preservation of a lady's heart little did i think could ever have business of this kind on my hands more but as little as any one who knows me would believe it there is a lady at this time who professes love to me her passion and good humour you shall have in her own words mr bickerstaff i had formerly a very good opinion of myself but it is now withdrawn and i have placed it upon you mr bickerstaff for whom i am not ashamed to declare i have a very great passion and tenderness it is not of your face for that i never saw your shape and height i am equally a stranger to but your understanding charms me and i am lost if you do not dissemble a little love for me 
I am not without hopes, because I am not like the tawdry gay things that are fit only to make bone lace. I am neither childish young nor dame old, but, the world says, a good agreement. Speak peace to a troubled heart, troubled only for you, and in your next paper let me find your thoughts of me. Do not think of finding out who I am, for notwithstanding your interest in demons, they cannot help you either to my name or a sight of my face. Therefore, do not let them deceive you. I can bear no discourse, if you are not the subject, and believe me, I know more of love than you do of astronomy. Pray, say some civil things in return to my generosity, and you shall have my very best pen employed to thank you, and I will confirm it. I admire Maria. There is something wonderfully pleasing in the favour of women and this letter has put me in so good a humour that nothing could displease me since i received it my boy breaks glasses and pipes and instead of giving him a knock on the pate as my way is for scolding at servants i only say ah jack thou hast a head and so has a pen or some merry expression but alas how i am i mortified when he is putting on my fourth pair of stockings on these poor spindles of mine the fair one understands love better than astronomy i am sure without the help of that art this poor merge trunk of mine is very ill habitation for love she is pleased to speak civilly of my sense but in genium male habitat is an invincible difficulty in cases of this i had always indeed from a passion to please the eyes of the fair and great pleasures in dress and to this that i have writ songs since i was sixty and have lived with all the circumspection of an old viol as i am but my friend horace has very well said Every year takes something from us, and instructed me to form my pursuits, and desires according to the stage of my life. Therefore, I have no more value myself upon than that I can converse with young people without peevishness, or wishing myself a moment younger. For which reason, when I am amongst them, I rather moderate than interrupt their diversions. But though I have this complacency, I must not pretend to write to a lady civil things, as Maria de desires. Time was when I could hold her, I had received a letter from her fair hands, and that, if this paper trembled as she reads it, it is then best expressed its author, or some other gay conceit. Though I never saw her, I could have told her that good sense and good humour dwelt in her eyes, that constancy and good nature dwelt in her heart, that beauty and good breeding appeared in all her actions. When I was five-and-twenty, upon sight of one syllable, even wrong spelt, by a lady I never saw, I could tell her that her height was that which was fit for inviting our approach and commanding our respect that a smile sat on her lips which prefaced 
her expressions before she uttered them and her aspect prevented her speech all she could say though she had an infinite deal of wit was but a repetition of what was expressed by her form her form which struck her beholders with ideas more moving and forcible than ever were inspired by music painting or eloquence at this rate i panted in those days but ah sixty-three i am very sorry i can only return the agreeable maria in a passion expressed rather than the heart dear madam you have already seen the best of me and so i passionately love that you that i desire we may never meet if you will examine your heart you will find that you will join the man with the philosopher and if you have that kind opinion of my sense as you pretend i question not but you add to it complexion air and shape but dear molly a man in his grand climacteric is of no sex be a good girl and conduct yourself with honour and virtue when you love one younger than myself i am with the greatest your innocent lover isaac bickerstaff End of chapter nine read by elijah fisher